Welcome to The 8 Billion Project, where we're on a mission to make an impact by discovering and sharing the purpose of every person on this planet. I'm your host, Lisa Florida. Enjoy today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The 8 Billion Podcast. I am your host, Lisa Florida. And today we've got a special guest, Mr. Jared Mace, who is a business owner, entrepreneur, speaker, and podcast host of the soon-to-be-launched podcast, Destined to Achieve. From a young age, Jared had a knack for sales from elementary school all the way to getting up to um, his master's program. He's used sales as a skill to get him through life. Now on a mission to help others do the same, Jared speaks, coaches, and trains others to master the art of selling. Everyone, help me welcome Mr. Jared Mace, the 8 Billion Podcasts. Hey, thank you, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being on the show. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm in Boise, Idaho. It's pretty chilly, but uh, doing very well. Thank you for asking. Oh, and congratulations. You managed to get through, well, we all managed to get through Christmas 2020. <laughs> I know. Yep. And New Year's just a few days away. So I'm, I'm excited uh, for the opportunities in 2021. In 2021, I know it's going to be uh, an interesting, but hopefully a really great 2021 now that we've kind of adjusted to the new normal per se, right? Yeah, well, I... I I'm very positive and I want to promise that, you know, it's going to be a great year because I usually have big plans and goals. And this is one of those times I'm being a little bit more cautious about it, but I will say we've learned a lot in 2020. So if it continues on, I'm, I'm better prepared for it to continue on the way it is. Yeah, no, I, I am too, really. I, I think we've all kind of adjusted to this crazy life of ours or everyone has had to had to adjust to a certain degree. Uh, so what I wanted to ask you was, um, I know you, okay, I gave a short bio to everyone. Could you give us a little bit more about yourself and everything that you've been doing? Cause you definitely do a lot of things. So sure. Yeah. Uh, the most important thing that I do is, uh, I'm a dad and a, a husband. I have five amazing children and a lovely wife. Uh, I live in Boise, Idaho, and I run a hearing aid company, but I also do sales training and, uh, have the podcast that is launching this next week. It's called Destined to Achieve. Um, and originally for me, kind of the sales background, um, I've always been an entrepreneur by nature. My dad was an entrepreneur as well. In elementary school, our school didn't have candy. So one day at Costco, I told my mom, let's buy some bulk candy and I can start selling it. And I started selling candy out of my backpack. Um, tried to start a, a, a goldfish business. I realized that those tiny little goldfish, they don't turn into the large koi fish. In my mind, I was thinking that it's a small investment and it will grow when we can sell it for more. It doesn't work that way. So it was a valuable lesson to do your research on the business. Um, but I also, as time went on, I, I played basketball. And in order for me to go to tournaments, I had to raise my own funds. And so I started creating partnerships with businesses where they would loan me a product, a bicycle, and I would go door to door selling raffle tickets for the bicycle or an Xbox or some kind of product. And that it would be one of the ways that I would create enough revenue or money so I could go on basketball tournaments. Uh, I went to Hawaii for a basketball tournament and I pre-sold 
pineapples. And this was just something that I was always doing. I created a lawn mowing company. And then in college, part of the way that I would make money on the side of, of playing basketball and going to school is I sold Cutco knives. And so I've always been fascinated with communication and sales. I think it gets kind of a, a bad rap just because of those individuals, let's say on the a used car lot who treat people poorly and they swindled them into buying something. And I think that sales, funny thing about it, the word sales, if you look back at the origin, it's actually sell yay, S-E-L-J-E, and it actually is Norwegian and it means to serve. If you have the right intention, if you have the right motive, then selling, I think, is one of the most uh, amazing things in the world and the most lucrative as well. It's just a form of influence, right? And every day we sell, whether you're selling yourself to a girlfriend or a spouse, whether you're selling uh, where we're going to dinner tonight or selling yourself to get a new promotion or products, services, buying you, um, hiring you, it's all sales, communication, and influence. And so, once I figured that out, that we all sell, the next question was, is it something that I want to be good at? And that's when I started deciding, yes, I want to be good at that. Because if you look at any successful person, they have the ability to communicate effectively and to sell an influence. And that is something I just started studying psychology, communication, nonverbal communication, and all the intricacies of sales. And not only did it help me in my personal life, but it helped me to generate more money and revenue and make a bigger difference and help more people. So uh, once I got done with college and in my master's program, I joined the company with Miracle Ear. And your job then is to test people's hearing, to take care of them. And if they need hearing aids to sell them hearing aids. And I actually went into that and I was it was a completely different industry. And I really struggled at first um, until I got kind of the process down and figured it out. I think sales is a skill that you can learn. It's not something that you hear people say that sales is a skill that you're born with. I think it's a skill that can be learned and I've yeah. proven that time and time again. And so that's kind of, I got good at selling hearing aids and then it grew. And then I was able to buy into the ownership side of it. And that's kind of what we've done over the past seven years. I've been a partner uh, in the business and we've just been growing ever since. So that's kind of a long-winded answer of <laughs> my my story. That's amazing. No, actually you've done so much. And that's why I wanted, I wanted people to learn more about what you do because definitely you and I know each other through a mastermind group with Brandon T. Adams. So Brandon's getting a lot of shout outs on my podcast because we do, he's introduced me to so many wonderful people, including yourself. And I think it's just amazing what you've done with your career. And you started at such an early age. Um, you know, I was kind of, I was smiling when you were talking about elementary school, right? And I have a, I have a 16 year old son and he used to go to boys and girls club and he did the same thing. He started buying chips and then he started selling it. I never knew that he did. And then later on, really? he had, yeah, he had, he had money. And then I go, how, how are you earning money? He goes, oh, I buy chips and I sell them. He goes, I'm the El Chapo <laughs> chips. <laughs> so that's why I started laughing a little when you start talking about it. Cause my son's the, he called himself the El Chapo chips. That is hilarious. That is too funny. I love yes. that. 
So it's crazy. It, like that's what I'm saying, and I never actually knew that about the the origin of sale. So it is salier to to, uh, to, serve. to serve. Yeah, and it's well, Norwegian. Yeah, and and it's. I went to this conference one time, and he explained it in a way where every skill can be used for good or bad, right? Even even tools, right? A hammer can be used to hurt somebody or it can be used to build a house. Electricity can be used to burn somebody or it can be used to light a house, right? It's the same concept with sales. It is a skill and you can use it for good or for bad. And unfortunately there are bad people in the world that does not make the skill of selling bad. It just makes the individuals who are using that skill bad. Yes. No, that's, I mean, that's true. I think you've mastered so much about sales and learning about so many people. I think that's a big part of sales, right? You've got to learn a lot about the way that people, uh, their behavior and how they react to certain things. Uh, did you, I mean, did you have a, a natural knack for it or was it something like you said, as time went by, you started to become more enamored with learning about sales? That's a, that's a good question. I, think that I've had a knack for it because I love people. And when you really care about people, you pay attention to people and you pay attention to the little things like their body language. If you say something to them, you see that it affects them emotionally, not just by what they say, but you can see it in their eyes. You can see it how their shoulder movements are. You can see it in their tone of voice. You can see it in so many different areas. And I think that's where I got it from is I've always been a mama's boy. And um, I've always, you know, just, we would talk for hours on end when I was growing up. And I don't know, I, I've always just paid attention to the little details. I think the emotional intelligence is a really important part with yes. sales. And that I think is another thing that can be improved upon. Um, but uh, yeah, you, you have to have a care for people, I think, in order to be good at sales. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, yes, I, I was raising it, you know, by a mother that was in real estate and, and she went over and that's the whole reason that we still do it till this day. And we still have a, a, a good client base and so much experience is because we saw how much she served others and how much she gave so much more than just for the, just the sale. It was definitely, uh, her service and, 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 her genuine, um, spirit that allowed people to realize that they, oh, this is she really cares. She really is past the sale. And that's, she passed that on to us. And now we are very, even though we're still, my brother and I are still younger, we, we still do like very much a traditional uh, way of uh, sales tactics or not tactics, I should say, but you know, practice. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that the more you give to people and, and this has been done with research and it is a sales tactic, if you will, um, the more you give to people, they will want to reciprocate and yeah. give back to you. Uh, they did this study and there's this great book called Influence by the author is Robert Cialdini. And this professor did a study where at Christmas, he sent out all these Christmas letters and he was shocked by how many he received back. And in real life, for those that are listening, have you ever had a time when it was Christmas and somebody got you a gift, but you didn't give them back a gift? Have you ever had that happen? Yeah. You feel terrible, right? And that's because you want the playing field to be equal on how much you give to each other. The more that they give you, 
you want to reciprocate so you're on an even playing field. And so from a service, a sales standpoint, if you want to get better, focus on serving more people, adding more value. The more value you add, the more you give to people, they will intrinsically just want to give you business. They want to give you back things to support you to level the playing field. So I I think the fact that you were saying that we always go above and beyond and we have this service mentality, I think that's why you guys have been able to do so well in real estate is because the more you give, the more you get back in return. Yeah, no, it's very true. It's very true. And then I was, I was commending Brandon on our, on our our mastermind group, just because a big part of the, the practices that we have are about giving to others. It's how we can reciprocate that or return it in kind. Um, and when you do it, it actually comes back tenfold. hundred percent. And, and, you know, that is one of the things I heard from Zig Ziglar. And he said, the more you give people what they want, then you will get what you want in return. And that's kind of my goal is it's not so I can like, I want more money. I want more money. It's, I know that the money will come when I help more people. And the more value I add to other people, the more I, people I help, it will just naturally come. When you focus on the money, the people can feel it. When yep. you focus on like about me, it's about me. The people that you're working with, they can feel that you are being selfish and that you're just trying to make a commission and a sale. Yes. But when you genuinely care about other people and you add value genuinely and you really do want to help them, the business just starts coming in and you will make more money because you are helping more people. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. It's just reminding me of the transaction that I'm in right now. Now that you're talking about it, it's like going back to the basics. It really is. That's how, that's how everything comes back tenfold. But Jared, you seem to be able to do everything. You're an entrepreneur, business. How many Miracle Ear uh, stores do you have? Uh, we have 87 of them, I believe, right now. We have a couple that are are closing, so I, I can't quite say um, yet. more yet, but 87 right now. So you're a business owner of like probably 80-some Miracle Ear stores. On top of that, you're a speaker. You've just taken on podcasting, and you're a father of five. Could you take us through an average or a typical day as Jared Mace? Oh, um, I usually am up around five thirty. Um, that when you are a dad of five, that seems to be the only quiet time you can get. So I'm usually up uh, between five thirty and six, just depending on how late I go to bed. Um, and then that's when I work on my personal stuff. Um, and then I usually am getting to the office after we get the kids ready because I have five kids. So it's kind of a process of getting all of them ready for school and, you know, dropping them off. And then I get to the office, depending on the day and what kids I'm dropping off at what time I'll get to the office between 839 and I'll be there um, working until let's say five, five thirty-six, and then I'll come home and then hang out. We'll have dinner and then we'll start the process for homework for, uh, getting the kids ready for bed, bathing them, you know, getting pajamas on, reading them, um, a bedtime book, tucking them in. That's usually at eight thirty-nine, and then it's cleaning the house and hanging out with the wife for a little bit. Um, and then probably from like 10 30 to midnight, I'm working on 
some of the other projects that I have going on and then just resets the next day. Wow. So it's pretty much clockwork. Is that Monday through Friday? That's, that's every day. <laughs> it's every day. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you still yeah, have kids is. on the weekend. <laughs> well, and, and it depends because a lot of our miracle ear locations are in different uh, states. And so there are times where I have to travel. And so those are a little bit different. It's uh, a week when I'm not home where I can get a lot more accomplished just because I'm not having to you know, help with the kids and, and the bathing. So I'm usually either in my hotel room or an office till about 10, 11 PM, just catching up and, and getting more things done just because I have so many things that I'm, I'm working on. Um, but that's usually the weeks where it's like, everything's getting done this week. Wow. God bless your wife. I know for... she's a rock star. She's a rock <laughs> for star. When you go on business trips because that's five children. Yeah. I've been very blessed. Yeah. Amazing. Well, let me ask you, how has 2020 changed you or challenged you? Um, you know, what I realized is that um, mentally we all need more focus on controlling the inner thoughts. Uh, hopefully 2020 has gotten us to slow down and to ponder and think. I think so many times when people have success in life, they just celebrate. They don't tend to stop and think about why they had success, what they did in order to get success. When people have challenges and obstacles, that's when they usually sit down and ponder and think about what happened. And hopefully everyone got a lot of alone time to ponder and think and to realize that, you know, everything can be taken away quickly, right? And it's not so much the money or the cars or the houses that make somebody happy. It's the true wealth, I think, of an individual is what they have when all those things are not there, right? right. Being able to have my family, our health, that's, to me, what the real wealth is. Um, I think in 2020, I realized that mentally we all need more focus. And I think that we have to control those inner thoughts more because I, I think never than never before more than this year, have I had negative thoughts in my mind and I'm, and I'm a very, very positive person, but it's not to say that I don't get negative thoughts. It's something that I practice, right? When I get a, a weed in my garden of my mind, if you will, I quickly rip that weed out. But when you have weeds growing all the time, it's a lot harder to tend to your garden. And so I think that a lot of people mentally are going through difficult times this year, lost their job, their business is going under. And I think that that is something that we really need to work on as a society is how to take care of our own mental health. It's not something that is talked about much. It's not something that people give a lot of uh, avenues or resources to handle those negative thoughts and, and our mindset. It's just not something that I think people are like, Oh, you're, you're a self-help guy. You know, for me, it's not just being a self-help guy. It's trying to find ways of being healthier mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And we have to work on it. It's not something that you go to the gym one day and you're fit for a year. Right. And right now it's kind of like we're eating a lot more carbs and we have to exercise more because of COVID. So 
I've, I've learned a lot. And I also realized that you have to have kind of a Parthenon of financial uh, resources because at any point, right. Restaurant owners, as much as, you know, you see those restaurant owners that say, gosh, I, I'm going to stay open, you know, and this has been such a great revenue model for me, even if they have a great attitude, even if they have a great business plan with certain states and certain governors, they have nothing they can do about it. And that individual, if they had seven other pillars of, you know, revenue coming in, yes, this would hurt, but they're okay. And that's one of the other things. And, you know, for me that drives me is I want to be able to take care of my family and provide them with a good quality of life. And I realize that you never know what's going on. And so my focus is just kind of building that Parthenon and different pillars. So if one of them gets knocked down ever, you're not stressing financially. No, that's amazing. That's actually really great advice. It's very true. And, and people that were, that were actually hit the most, like you're talking about service industry. These people thought that they were like solid, you know what I'm talking about? Like restaurants. And here you are actually, especially here in Southern California, you're literally watching these small restaurant owners cry because they've spent so much money setting up their outdoor dining. And then all of a sudden, they shut down, but yeah, you'd be surprised how many rebels there are down here in Southern California. They've decided. Well, I, to I, I will say for me, you know, I just think if I was that business owner, if I'm going bankrupt anyways, there's a lot of young people that are not living with, you know, their grandparents, they're not um, doing as much and they're not as much of a risk. And so I, I know for me, you know, I don't want to go off too much on a tangent on this, but if I'm going bankrupt anyways, and this is everything that I've worked my whole life for, I would probably be fighting too, just because I know I'm going to go down. I might as well go down swinging and, and yeah. try to scratch and claw my way through it. But it, it's sad seeing businesses that have been around for 50, 70, a hundred years, and they're going under because of this stuff. And it's heartbreaking. Yeah, no, it really is. This is really been the year of life-changing moments for so many people on every level. On every level. Well, you know, the other thing too, as much as um, I think for every negative, there's usually an equal positive. Mm-hmm. Um, the majority of millionaires and billionaires in the world were created during recessions. Yep. And, yep. and I that's, talk about that all the time. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's interesting because I think that the media, they, all they do is create more negativity. And for those individuals that are looking at opportunity, they'll find it. And that's one of the things from a mental standpoint, I I hope the people that are listening, I I challenge you to look for opportunity. I gave a a speech in Vegas and it was a two day kind of seminar. And when I saw him one day, I said, tonight on your way back to your hotel room, I want you to actually look for everything ugly in Vegas, everything ugly. And the next day we talked about it and everyone had a list of all of these ugly things. And then the next day I said, I want you to, on the same route to your hotel room, I want you to look for everything beautiful. Yeah. Both times they found what they were looking for. And that is one of the things that you can kind of train your brain to look for opportunity and for look to look for the good. And you can train your brain 
to look for the bad. A, a personal example is like if my wife and I uh, have a disagreement about something and I'm frustrated and I'm, you know, in the closet cleaning up and I'm like, oh, you know, muttering something under my breath, you know, it's so easy for other negative thoughts to come into your mind because you are in a negative state yes. and you are thinking about bad and then it's like, well, she also doesn't do this and this and this and this and this. And that's all you think about is all the things that they don't do. And it only just perpetuates the problem. And just as easily, I could think about how amazing she is and what are all the things that I love about her and how she has blessed my life in so many other ways. It's that easy, I guess, it's not that easy when you're in that moment, but it is really that easy to change that thought. And that's one of the things that we have to get good at, especially right now with where we're at. There's so many negative thoughts and those negative thoughts only create more negative thoughts. And so we have to find a way to separate from that and to put ourselves in a positive state in order to find more positive things and opportunities. So it's kind of where... I'm, I'm directing all of our employees is, yeah, it's been a tough year for all of us, but there's a lot of blessings and yes. a lot of things that we can learn from it. And so focus on those and you won't hear as much of the negativity. Negativity. That's so true. Especially when like COVID, the pandemic hit, like everyone was just watching news and they were so glued to the TV. I went out and I started meditating. I started doing other things, but really I believe all of that was the precursor and the shift that allowed me to go into live streaming and, and into podcasting because I kept telling people on social media, I was like, this is a time guys for creativity. This is the time for you to look within. This is the time for you to, you know, do the things that you love to do. And then I did it. And then all of a sudden here I am like at the end of 2020 with a podcast and you're absolutely right. It's how you see things. And there's other people that sit on the couch, watch the news, and then they just talk about all the dreadful news. And then they're also vibing at that, <clears throat> in that, at that energy space, right? And so that's all they're, they're attracting too. Well, I think your output is based on your input, right? And if your inner conversation is usually based off of, the beliefs that we have created, right? So if you are listening to negative news all the time and you're talking to your friends who are always negative and you're not constantly, again, tending to your garden, then you are going to get different results. What you have, your thoughts, right? Your thoughts change the actions that you take. If you have certain thoughts like, hey, there's a lot of opportunities out there and I'm looking for opportunities, then you see them and then you will be in a different place to find them and to be able to take action. If I have different thoughts, I take different actions, I get different results. And so it all starts with the proper belief system. And I think we have to analyze ourselves and what our beliefs are. Someone I was talking to the other day said the biggest problem where people fail on their journey to success is the word belief. And in the middle of the word belief is a three letter word. And that's lie. lie. Yeah. 
And most of our beliefs are formed, you know, when we were a child or different experiences we had, and we created a meaning from that experience. And that creates a filter on how we see the world. And you can change your perspective on that. And that is something that can affect us in a different way. But we have to control those beliefs in order to control our outcomes. Great. No, that's, that was very well said. See, Jared, you definitely, you've been doing this for a long time, right? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I, I will say, yeah, I I love it. I love it because it it is so rewarding to help people. And I've helped myself, you know, I've had uh, issues and, and, you know, things in the past that I've had to deal with. And I was seeking help myself. And once I kind of got those rocks out of my my garden, if you will, uh, then I was able to live a more clear mindset in a, in, a, in a happier, more fulfilling life. And then when I started training other people to do that as well, man, it's so rewarding when you are able to help other people and they come back to you and say, you made a difference in my life. And, and so I am just a student to improvement because again, if you are exercising and you're trying to win, let's say a a world championship for bodybuilding, that's what you study the little things, you know, how many carbs and, you know, the grams of fat I should be eating a day, you know, how much exercise and, you know, rest and recuperation do I need for me? It's mindset and it's strategies and it's, you know, happiness and fulfillment and taking care of our body and and our mind. And so I I love it. I'm a student to the game. Wow. That's amazing. So what are you excited about for 2021? A lot. Um, I'm excited for my two month old baby to start sleeping through the night. (laughs) Yay. Yes. That (laughs) That would be awesome. Um, I am excited for my new podcast. It's launching on January 4th. It's called destined to achieve. Um, and we help people. I interview individuals who've had a lot of success, um, has nothing to do with anything I've really done. It's about interviewing other people. Um, because I love helping people and and talking business and sales and mindset. So I find people who've had success in different areas and, uh, we kind of distill those strategies and, and tactics and make it implementable. So you can listen to it and kind of take something away and apply it that day. So you can start being happier, more successful and going over those things. So I'm excited for that. Um, and I'm excited to hopefully get over this coronavirus so we can start getting out there. One thing about Miracle Ear, which is the uh, company that we have for hearing aids, the demographic that we serve is seniors. Uh, usually when people need hearing aids, they're on average 65 or older. Yeah. And that is the vulnerable population. And because of the coronavirus the marketing and the amount of patients that are coming in are nowhere near what they were last year. So that is another thing I'm looking forward to the point when we can kind of get back to normal, whenever that is, that would be amazing for uh, not only where we live, but also for business as well. Yeah. No kidding. Right. I mean, everyone's just kind of watching CNN right now and kind of looking at all the vaccine numbers and how we're running behind and all that kind of stuff. So it would be nice to kind of 
get in the clear and kind of get back to maybe the new normal per se, right? Well, I, I think if I was 80, I would probably not be, you know, if I never had hearing aids, I probably would not be venturing out to get hearing aids when, you know, with all this other stuff going on. So I can understand why they're not coming in. It just makes it difficult, you know, again, from the business owner's side of things to help these people because they're saying, look, I'm not coming in. There's no way I'm risking that. And it's like, okay, well, we'll be here when, you know, this ends and, you know, hopefully it ends sooner than later. Right. Kidding. Yeah, we're 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 ready. We're, what are we? Two days away from New Year's. I know this will probably air or or actually be released in January, but definitely, I think we're ready to to end this year and take us into the new year. And you've shared so much with us here on Eight Billion. What I wanted to ask you: Do you have any? You know, I know you've got so many things to do. Um, obviously, we've talked about everything that you've done, the purpose and the mission. Um, that has driven you all throughout life. Um, do you have any parting words to say to the audience or any advice, any words of wisdom to take us into 2021? I think the big part for everyone is making sure that they are happy and fulfilled. And I know it's been a more challenging year to do that, but what a perfect time if you did lose your job to actually find something that you're truly passionate about um, almost your calling in life. And I think that when you find that thing that you're called to do, you're willing to put in more time, you're willing to, you know, work long hours, and it's not about the money. Like for me, as busy as I am, I love to do this stuff because I feel like I've been called to do it. And I was up till, you know, 1130 doing a, a podcast the other night, and that to me, it still isn't work because yeah. again, it's something that I love to do. And so I, I would recommend for everyone listening to find their passions and to pursue those and find a way to make it something that you can make money from. So you can, again, live your life, pay your bills, but also something that you're not dreading waking up because life is short. And if you do what I do on a daily basis. You see so many 80 and 90 year olds like I do who regret not taking the chance. They regret not living life for the right reason. And I hope that none of you listening get to the end of your life and regret not taking those chances, not pursuing your passions, not asking those questions, taking risks, getting out of your comfort zone and it's one of those things that if you feel like you would regret not doing it, you got to do it. And yes. that would be uh, the parting thing that I have for everyone. Um, if you guys do have any other questions, feel free to reach out to me. I am an open book and always here to help in any way that I can. No. And so that's what I was just going to ask you next. And how would people get a hold of you? I know you, you got, have a coach, excuse me, a coaching course. You have Destined to Achieve podcast releasing January 4th. But how would people get a hold of you if they'd like to contact you or be part of your coaching? Yeah. Uh, so go to my website. It's jaredmace.com. That's J-A-R-E-D-M-A-C-E.com. You can find me on uh, most social media channels. Um, I'm probably most active on Instagram. Um, and that's Jared M. Mace. Uh, so reach out to me anyway. I mean, I'm, I'm available. You can find me if, if you want to. 
Yes. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Jared, for being on 8 billion. Uh, I would love to have you back on again. We do have some great conversations and so much more to talk about. But of course, in these podcasts, we can only we can only say, talk about so much. But now I know the tables are going to turn and we're going to switch it around. So everyone, thank you again for um, tuning in to the 8 Billion Podcast. And I'll see you on the next episode. Bye, everyone. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If it's moved you in any way, please review and share your thoughts or text me your thoughts at 949-247-2800.